0: Wasabi Wallet, unfairly private. What's up, everyone? I'm Ben with the BTC sessions, and this is your daily session. Huddled THE Bitcoin. Before we dive in, of course, shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. I've been working with and using these guys for over a year, and the first thing I ever used to theirs was their Bitcoin-backed loans. So in my instance, I needed some dollars, but I didn't want to sell my Bitcoin because that's a taxable event, and I was worried about having to buy back in at a higher price point. I was able to deposit my Bitcoin here, get a loan to my bank account within 24 hours when I paid that back. I got the exact same amount of Bitcoin back. Uh, They also have a couple other products. They've got their USDC and Bitcoin savings accounts. They just upped the interest rates to on top of 11.7%, and they've got their B2X offering, which uses the same loan mechanism to buy more Bitcoin, effectively doubling your Bitcoin on the spot. If you want to check these guys out, there's a link in the show notes down below, and if you click it and opt to get a loan, you will get 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free, and you'll be helping out the show at the same time. Up next, we of course have the legendary Crypto Cloaks. These guys make the best Bitcoin shit in the game. Uh, I love them, bunch of hardcore Bitcoiners that got together with some 3D printers and started banging out some awesome stuff. They have node shells. They have these cool Bitcoin grenades you can put your open dimes in. They've got the Bitcoin Honey Badger, uh, I guess, shelf drawer. I'm not sure statue how to describe it, but I'm gonna get one of these on the shelf behind me and I'm going to be storing some hardware wallets in it for fun, for easy access. They've got awesome sticker collections. They've got uh, their shells for cold cards and lots of other hardware wallet accessories. They've just got a ton of awesome shit. So do check out these guys. Head over to CryptoCloaks.com. There's a link in the show notes. And finally, of course, we have the Kobo Vault. Now, I did an awesome video on this uh, covering how to use this. I was actually just playing with it before this video as I was playing around with something, some software I'm going to talk about in a bit. But anyways, Uh, Wicked awesome hardware wallet. It has optional Bitcoin only software which obviously I opt to use. Everything is totally air-gapped, meaning that you never plug this thing into an internet connected computer. Everything is communicated through QR codes. Um, yeah, I love this thing. And one of my favorite things is their interoperability between my favorite wallets. Of course, Bitcoin Core, they've got Electrum, Wasabi, Blue Wallet, and they've got a lot of them that work with multi-sig as well. And we're gonna to be touching on a new wallet that I've been playing around with a Kobo on as well. Uh, but all in all, these guys are friggin' awesome. Now, what they are doing is a giveaway. So, free shit alert. Every show that I do for the next three months, they will be giving away a Kobo Tablet Plus. This is a steel plate to store your, store your backup seed for any wallet. Um, and they actually made this one after uh, Jameson Lob did a test of their regular seed plate, found that it didn't stand up to his standards, and uh, they created this... Even heavier duty one where the individual tiles won't even shift after warping um, with extreme pressure. So if you would like a free Kobo Tablet Plus to store your seed phrase in steel uh, as a backup for a regular wallet or for any wallet if you happen to get the Kobo actual Kobo Vault, um, then all you need to do is get on Twitter, retweet this show, and You need to tag myself and Kobo Vault uh, and tell them why you want a Kobo Tablet Plus. I will choose a winner before the next show airs. I'll reach out and I'll DM you and get you that uh, device, or not rather device, the plate uh, as soon as possible. But anyways, with that, let's dive into the show. Uh, If Bitcoin crashes below $10,000, it's all over. Here's why guys. It's all over. Apparently, it's all over if we go below $10,000, which I find super hilarious. Now, despite the title, Here's Why, uh, I didn't really see a lot of why in this article. Um, But nonetheless, people are panicking because there's been a pretty steady drop the past few days here. We've shed a lot off the Bitcoin price, and we did indeed crash below $10,000, albeit briefly earlier today. um, We were in the $9,900 range. Um, But we have since rebounded a little bit. But um, again, besides the point, this article itself I found comparatively to the title, it wasn't all that scary to read. They were just saying like, hey, uh, $10,000 is a, a a huge psychological level. It took a long time to decisively break above it, and if we break below it, there could be further uh, shedding of price. But it was it was pretty level-headed through most of this. Um, again, like they, they're saying, like moving forward, uh, it is important to keep an eye on the last zone of defense between $10,000 and $10,500, Joe DePascal, the chief executive of San Francisco-based Bitcoin and crypto hedge fund Bitbull Capital said via email. As long as this range is respected, Bitcoin is unlikely to see a prolonged bearish spell. And it kind of goes on um, throughout most of this talking about how it's just a big psychological level. Obviously, it took a long time, as I said, to break decisively above it, break and below it, it decisively for an extended period of time. You know, wouldn't wouldn't be fantastic, wouldn't be too exciting to look at, but hey, um, now one thing to note that uh, and I'll highlight it here in this Forbes article uh, the open trading gap so there, there was a, um, uh, a trading gap set on the CME or the Chicago Mercant- uh, Mercantile Exchange Uh, It opened higher after the weekend close on July 27th, uh, something some analysts think causes a disconnect with the underlying market and appears to have set Bitcoin on its path to recent highs of around $12,000. Technical analysis shows that 90% of such trading gaps are eventually closed, with the price sooner or later retracing back to the gap. So this gap, as we said was just below the not the ten thousand dollar level. Um, I'm not sure if we actually triggered it yet, uh, but those gaps do tend tend to fill. We're pretty close to filling it if we haven't already, so um, that could be one thing to take a peek at. Now, uh, another article here at a CoinDesk, uh, the title here is V-shaped recovery from Bitcoin's biggest drop since March is unlikely, say analysts. Now, a few analysts here are uh, saying similar double digit price pullbacks observed in April and May were quickly reversed in a couple of days, a sign of buy the dip mentality. And I know I've been seeing a hell of a lot of that on Twitter For a while now, Um, this time, though, a quick V-shaped recovery back to recent highs around $12,000 looks unlikely due to cryptocurrencies' increased sensitivity to traditional markets. Um, The worst may be behind us, but Bitcoin can take days to form a good base. I find that quote a little bit contradictory to the tone of the rest of the article. Again, they're saying a hey, V-shaped recovery probably not going to happen. It could take days. <laughs> like that's a big panicky thing to say. Again, let's okay. If we actually look at what Bitcoin has done here, um, we first decisively broke above this level again in in July. Okay, um, you know we were above ten thousand dollars earlier in the year. But but July was kind of when we first really really uh, made it up here. Um, we broke a little bit. When was that? That would have been in mid early February somewhere in there. We were above the ten thousand mark, very very briefly. And again in May uh, beginning of May early uh, ended sorry end of May early June. We just barely kind of breached that level. Um, but other than that, we hadn't really seen it since last year in the fall. And then before that, um, kind of like the summer and that big kind of pop that we had in June, July of 2019. So, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've been up here, but we have kind of rebounded back from that panicky, um, A little bit from the panicky moment we had earlier today but we're still down in that 10k range and and you can see here we went down to around 99.25 who knows I mean again if we broke quite decisively below that then yeah we're probably going to be lingering down here a while but on to the opposite of this we have um, some bullish people, which we'll touch on in a moment, talking about potentially breaching previous all time highs before the end of the year, like Christmas time. Um, what plays out? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what I do know is that the rest, the rest of everything got royally screwed. Uh, this chart that I'm looking at here, if you're watching on YouTube, coin360.com, basically the redder, the deader. If you see heavy, heavy red, uh, then yeah, it's, it's just massive, massive losses, tons of double digit losses. Like Bitcoin, I think at at its lowest had had like a 5% drop roughly, um, it, within a 24 hour period, this is uh, whereas you see Ethereum at one point, they were down an 18% drop for the day. Uh, you see a lot of like heavy double digits. If we go over to coin market cap, um, just devastation like the worst of the worst sushi swap, a 63% drop within 24 hours. We see 39, 31, 28, 27, 26, 25, just a lot of. Again, random shit coins. A lot of uh, a lot of DeFi crap that's just being dumped. Anybody in DeFi? Uh, again, I've tried to say you got to be careful here, but it is it is unreal how much that shit can dump and how quickly. And so, like, we're looking at the Sushi Swap one. That one uh, really, really stands out. Because of how insane it's been. Like it peaked out at around just over 10 bucks US and right now it's at about a dollar seventy-four so it's lost over 80% of its value in four days. <laughs> and and why? Why is that? Uh it's because Uh, And we talked about this actually just a little a few days ago. Um, The founder of SushiSwap, which is like a DeFi, again, DeFi is basically like complex financial derivatives and and leverage um, to get yield more or less uh, out of nothing. And massive amounts of printing just to like give that yield. Basically, you deposit your Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever in order to get paid out uh, a, a lot of interest in whatever the token may be. So SushiSwap was one such thing. Anyways, the creator of SushiSwap held like $27 million in in. It, just a regular wallet that could be dumped at any time. Turns out the time was now because he dumped it all. He dumped everything. He dumped like $10 million worth. Um, anyways, let's, let's read a little bit here. Chef Nomi, the mysterious founder of SushiSwap, the latest decentralized finance protocol to flourish above the thriving canopy of summer's DeFi craze. I'd say that's more praise than it deserves. Um, he just cashed out. Over the weekend, the self-described head chef withdrew approximately 2.5 million Sushi tokens from the decentralized exchange in exchange for 18,000 Ethereum, worth about $10 million. The move recorded on Etherscam comes just after the creator of SushiSwap, a fork of the popular Uniswap exchange, was hit with mounting criticism that he controlled nearly half of the coins in the system. So he li- liquidated half half of all of these tokens. Uh, In somewhat of a prophecy, a Twitter poster going by the name Sasa pointed out on Tuesday that Chef Nomi had 27 million worth of sushi ready to to be dumped uh, into the pool. And this is what we talked about in the previous show, how he was sitting on that. Of course, not worth $27 million anymore. Um, Anyways, he withdrew the liquidity for the token, in other words, reduced the amount of sushi available to trade for ETH... um, and again, the price is halved. and Well, actually, quarter, uh, two-thirds, I'd say, of it has disappeared in the past 24 hours because it's dumped even more since this article. Um, now, he did respond a little bit. Uh, again, he blamed it on FUD. He said he's still here. He said, I wrote the migration code. I did all the audits. I coordinated the largest LP pools ever. I created a large community. I sprung up hundreds of LP scam projects all in one week. He said, I'm still here. Uh, he compared himself to the Litecoin founder, Charlie Lee, who famously sold off all his Litecoin holdings in late 2017 at the height of the crypto bubble. Uh, he said, uh, Satoshi Lite, a.k.a. Charlie Lee, did that and Litecoin had no problem surviving. He This is for sure just an exit scam. It's like this guy was sitting on something. It blew up. um, And he didn't, he had no regard for anybody holding the token, obviously. Um, And I mean, if you dumped hundreds, thousands into this thing, then I mean, did you really, like it popped up days ago and people dumped this amount of money in it and lost uh, even more. So... Yeah, Uh, so I actually tweeted out in regards to, I guess, the sushi swap thing, but like just (laughs) the space in general. I said, speculating on altcoins is like sitting at a poker table, except your poker chips can be inflated, your bets and winnings could be reversed, everyone might stop accepting your chips, the game rules change often, and the dealer could steal all your money and kick over the table. It is an absolute war zone out there still. Um, it's, it's the ICO craze 2.0. Uh, it's, it's like people's memories just, just got erased again. Obviously there's going to be new entrants every time there's a new bull market as every time there's some sort of mania. And so a lot of people aren't privy to what happened with ICOs back in 2016, 17, in and around that time. And I guess into 2018, uh, but it's much the same. It's a lot of hype with basically zero substance and people are dumping money into it thinking that they're going to uh, make insane amounts of money and be able to hold on to it and not avoid these types of pump and dumps when realistically the people that are making off like bandits are the people actually making the coins. Uh so again it's it's gambling guys be careful. Uh if if you must do this, which I don't recommend, if you must be dabbling in this crap. You know, treat Bitcoin differently. Treat Bitcoin as your savings. You're you're gradually accumulating Bitcoin and just letting it sit for a long period of time. And if you're touching any of this stuff again, which I don't recommend, think of it like, again, pulling <laughs> pulling the lever at at a, 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 a VLT machine. Right? It's it's literally gambling. You have no Idea, if you're going to make any money, and if you do, it will be uh, either short-lived, a total fluke, or you might get lucky. Um, anyways, moving on from kind of the the altcoin, DeFi garbage stuff. Um, in terms of the sentiment around Bitcoin. As the inverse of kind of like the panic of this dump, um, I am seeing a little bit of this. Uh, some people saying, like macro CRG a guy on Twitter, I literally cannot believe how bearish everyone is right now. I could be wrong, and I w- hold my hands off if I am, but I honestly think we're going to bounce hard soon. So a little bit of a different take on people saying, uh, you know, in that CoinDesk article that the a V-shape recovery is unlikely. We shall see, and again, like it depends on what time frame you're looking at. Like, if you're looking on the daily, if you're looking on three days, if you're looking on weekly I, again, like, I mean, if you look on weekly, V shape is basically what Bitcoin does in either direction. Um, I think we're just so used to how quickly this thing moves that days or weeks seem like an eternity. I'm sure many of you would echo that sentiment. Um, but one thing that did make me uh, incredibly bullish and again, just kind of gives you a nice step back to to be calm and even talk about being impatient in, in this podcast. But uh, I do recommend you listen to this um, on what, what Bitcoin did. They had uh, Preston Pish. They had uh, Jeff Booth and then Plan B, and they were kind of talking about the macro environment and the money, rampant money printing that's happening, and and uh, the, this kind of opposition to a natural deflationary environment that comes with the technology that we have these days, and and how central banks are directly opposing that. But there's only so much they can do before. Deflation just takes over, and how Bitcoin is the perfect complement to a deflationary technological environment. Um, excellent, excellent listen, loved it. These guys always knock it out of the park. So uh, kudos to Plan B, Jeff Booth, and Preston Pish. What a what a dream team on a podcast to listen to. So do recommend that. Uh, a few other things to cover here, uh, really quick. Uh, Zug, Zug, Zug. Um, anyways, the Canton of Zug, Switzerland colloquially known as Crypto Valley has taken an enormous stride towards cryptocurrency adoption by establishing tax settlement in Bitcoin and Ether. Uh, Zug will accept tax payments in both cryptocurrencies as early as 2021. Following a pilot expected to take place within the next few weeks, uh, crypto tax settlement will be available for private individuals and companies alike up to an amount of 100,000 Swiss francs, approximately 109 US... 9,000 U.S. dollars at press time. We are not taking risks with the new payment method, as we always receive the amount in Swiss francs, even when paying in uh, in Bitcoin or Ether, finance director Heinz Tonler explained in a press release issued on Thursday. The tech-centric Canton will facilitate crypto tax payments thanks to a collaboration with crypto financial service provider Bitcoin Suisse, who will convert the cryptocurrencies into Swiss francs on behalf of the state." The combination of trading technology and payment transactions with cryptocurrencies enables us to offer the taxpayer a good user experience and to offer the canton of Zug a mature service. Um, And this from the CEO of uh, Bitcoin Suisse. Um, Yeah, I mean, interesting. It would be more interesting if they were just keeping it and holding it in treasury uh, as as a reserve asset. But um, yeah, and why would you like when I think of paying taxes, why would I want to give up my Bitcoin to a government that's just going to flip it back to their local currency? Why would I not want to dump my constantly depreciating fiat as opposed to hold on to my Bitcoin? Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Would you pay your taxes in Bitcoin? I definitely would not. I am not going to be Uh, giving that up. I would rather dump my dollars. Uh, Couple little updates. There's a responsible disclosure uh, from Wasabi Wallet. I recommend you update as soon as possible. Um, Now this this disclosure, it hasn't been enacted in the wild, but it's a possible uh, denial of service so uh what this is who is affected no user funds are affected um and they cannot be but it could prevent you from coin joining okay so uh it says under the who's affected tab here it says Before the uh, version four hard fork, an attacker could have exploited the vulnerability to perform a denial of service attack in such a way that it was difficult to identify the attacker itself. Denial of service means the attacker would halt the entire coin join process for all other participants, and Wasabi rounds would no longer work. Given the fact that we have not observed any denial of service attempts so far, we assume that no Wasabi user has been affected by the vulnerability. It is important to specify that the attacker could neither steal user funds nor de-anonymize anyone. What they could have done was to prevent the completion of the coin join process. So it mostly just would have been a pain in the ass if you were trying to coin join and somebody was trying to do this attack. It just would... You would not have been able to to do any coin joins. So um, anyways, if you upgrade to the latest version uh, 1.1.12... Uh, then you should be fine. Uh, This dropped uh, back in August. So yeah, uh, yeah, August 5th, this release was out. So it's been out for over a month now, but if you have not upgraded, head over to the Wasabi website, wasabi.io, and you can download the latest one and it should be fine. Now, another more important development is a developer discovers a ransom attack exploit with KeepKey and Trezor wallets. So you do have to be careful here. Uh, so um, according to a developer of hardware wallet, Shift Crypto, an attack vector affecting KeepKey and Trezor devices could allow hackers to hold crypto funds ransom. So passphrases are a security layer that can create hidden wallets um, and and they belong, so both Shapeshift and the KeepKey and the Trezor devices, uh, basically they you can add a passphrase to your wallet and it's kind of like adding an additional word to your backup phrase. So when you set up a wallet, you have 12 or 24 words that are your backup. It's like adding a, a an extra word that nobody knows is there. And if somebody takes your backup phrase and puts it in somewhere, they would just see a zero balance unless they also entered a passphrase, which, there's no indication that there even is one um and then only then would they see actual funds sitting there if you had used one anyways so uh the developer the developer that describes uh that discovered this goes by marco and writes that passphrases um uh, belonging to both the keep key and Trezor devices only need to be entered into a corresponding host wallet such as electrum uh, not into the hardware wallet itself though Trezor does give the option to enter it onto the device. This produces a vulnerability in which malicious wallet or man in the middle attacks could in effect lock the users out of their own funds by changing the host wallet passphrase. The passphrase that the Trezor or KeepKey ends up using might not actually be the one that you entered when setting up, but a passphrase controlled by the attacker. Uh, Since both the passphrase and the device are needed to spend funds, the user is locked out until the attacker shows the fake password to the user. So, again, just to reiterate what's happening here, if you're setting up a Trezor or a Key and using uh, some software that is malicious in some way, what could happen is you put in the password you want to use and then you deposit funds. Unbeknownst to you, the person in the middle, the hacker, has actually not used the password that you put in and actually created their own for your wallet. And so when you deposit the funds, they see that the funds have been deposited. They now essentially because you don't know the passphrase that was used because the hackers put in their own um you are stuck there with your funds stuck in this wallet with a mystery passphrase and until they reveal that passphrase to you you can't move them so what the attacker will do is say hey i'm not going to give you this password until you pay me out x amount and send me money to this address so the funds in the wallet i suppose technically are not at risk unless you give the attacker, your seed phrase, um, but they can bribe you to send them money, okay? So that's kind of the attack here, effectively. They hold your funds ransom, and they say, send me at least this amount, or you do not get this back. Obviously, they'd have to request less than is in the wallet in order for it to make sense, but you know, they could easily say, hey, you deposited two Bitcoin here. If you want to see one Bitcoin back, you better send one Bitcoin to me. Um, so it's it's basically like they're the, a game of ratios and percentages of what they can get away with in order to give back your funds. Um, yeah. Anyways, so there is an update to the treasure and the keep key that you can go and download. Um, so if you have not done such, then be sure to update your treasures. Uh, <laughs> okay. I just have to touch on this really quick. This is from the Coinbase blog, and this is just. People always make fun of Coinbase for delving so deep into shit coinery. But they really have literally delved into shit coinery here. Part of their blog here. They're talking about synthetic assets. um, Which are tokens that are digital representations of derivatives. Anyways, here's a specific example that they use. (laughs) Okay. Poop exchange. This is not fake. This is real. This is really on, you can see the URL, blog.coinbase.com. This is a real thing that Coinbase wrote. In late 2019, a few developers had an idea and released a prototype. What if we had a synthetic asset that tracks the frequency of poop sightings in San Francisco? I, it's insane that I'm reading this. Token holders profit when more poop is sighted, and the token issuer profits if poop sightings decrease using an oracle that simply reports the number of poop sightings. This poop token market could align incentives for local San Francisco government. If the city of San Francisco issues poop tokens, they are incentivized to clean up the streets in order to profit. Conversely, citizens could purchase poop tokens as an emotional hedge, ensuring that at least they make money if the streets don't get better. A simple example, but showcases the potential of synthetic assets and markets for anything. Okay. (laughs) So, I don't think that they've considered the incentives properly here, um, as iterated by Bitcoin Brains here on Twitter. But (laughs) he says, like me, I can't believe this is real. Ignoring the oracle problem from an oracle being like that if there's an oracle, an outside source of information that feeds information onto a blockchain, that information outside is only as good as the input. So it could be tampered with. Okay. Anyways, ignoring the oracle problem for a minute. This token clearly incentivizes people to shit on the street. (laughs) How detached from reality can these interventionists get? Yes, it would... So if if you're incentivized to, <laughs> literally what you could do is you could shit on the street and then clean it up and then make money, like your own shit. This is what it incentivizes, okay? Again, as it said in the article here, um, people are incentivized to clean up the streets in order to profit. You could purposely inflate the amount of shit on the street and then clean it up and then profit from said auction, uh, action people could like if the <laughs> the city of san francisco issued poop tokens to everyone everyone would be incentivized to then go take a dump in the street and then clean up their own dump At which point they would profit. Step one, issue poop tokens. Step two, shit in street. Step three, clean up shit. Step four, profit. We've completed it. Oh my god, guys. Anyways, uh, that's a thing that was written and is being taken semi-seriously by Coinbase. Delete Coinbase. Uh, Last thing I wanted to touch on here, Uh, Sparrow Wallet. This is a new one that I'm downloading. I've actually been playing around with it. I said a little bit before I was dicking around with the Kobo and everything. Kind of cool, yeah, another interface. Kind of um, a little bit more technical, but the same kind of thing where you can import various hardware wallets and use them either as single SIG. So I've got a single SIG Kobo set up here, Or you can do multi-sig. So I've got a a multi-sig here that has like a couple ledgers and a cold card. Um, And I'm about to play around with Kobo and cold card and ledger to see how they all work together. But anyways, uh, excited to play around with this. Cool to see so many solutions. I'm still looking at Spectre and playing around with that. Lily wallet was great. If you want, go back and take a look at that. Um, But a lot of excellent solutions coming out. So just a few things, full support for single-sig and multi-sig wallets on all common script types, Uh, full partially signed Bitcoin transactions, um, USB and air-gapped modes, full coin and fee control with modern coin selection, labeling on transactions, inputs and outputs, lightweight and multi-platform. Yeah, so kudos to Sparrow. I will eventually put together a full video, but I wanna play a little bit before I dive into it. Um, Either way, Really, really cool to see this pop up. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna wrap it there. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you are here on YouTube, please do hit, like, subscribe and share all of those things. Really, really do help. So please do them. If you want to help the show in another way, you can hit up the sponsors I mentioned down below in the show notes. Those were Leaden, that was uh, Crypto Cloaks, as well as the Kobo Vault. And remember, there's that giveaway. So if you retweet this show and you tag myself and Kobo Vault and let us know why you want one of those seed plates, uh, you could win and you have a chance to win literally every show. So just keep trying. Um, and besides that, if you really liked what you saw, uh, you can always drop me a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip at my tipin.me page. That is T I P P I N dot me slash at BTC sessions. And with that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful evening or a wonderful day, wherever you are. And I will see you next time for your daily session.